bow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to uh, episode, I think it's 258, isn't it, that we're on? Uh, of A. Thompson and other disappointments. Um, you're very welcome here in these parts. Uh, it's your twice, sometimes thrice weekly delve into the worlds of news, politics, dystopia, and all things awful. Um, busy week in the news, obviously, at the moment. Uh, over in the US, you've got Biden, Trump going head to head. Nikki Haley still, still hanging in there, isn't she? <laughs> still spending Trump's money for him. Not that he needs much help in doing that. Um, don't know if it escaped your attention, if it just sort of. You know, skipped by your periphery, but old Donnie Trump is $450 million in the hole now. $450 million. <laughs> So, you know, all things considered, suddenly my £250,000 mortgage doesn't feel so bad. You know, I felt like a loser this time last week. Since I've heard about his financial challenges... I'm actually feeling like a bit of a baller. Um, anyway, so, yes, the US continues its slide into a political... Uh, I was going to say economic. I think economically they're doing all right. Political, psychological, culture war insanity over there. I mean, the US, I always look at the US like it's sort of, you know, it's six months to two years ahead of where the UK is right now, like... Do you know what I mean? It's like a sort of preview of coming attractions. Because in the US, like, normally what they do is they come up with a sort of reasonable idea for entertainment. Uh, well, not even entertainment. You know, if it's something like the anti-vax movement, <laughs> they just come up with an idea or someone goes a bit crazy. It gets a little bit of airtime. And then people over here go, oh, we, we should do that. We should just like America, you know, and then. Even the, even the programs and the movies that we then try to rehash over here, like when they tried to remake the Golden Girls, but in Brighton, wasn't it? Was it the Brighton Bells or something? The Brighton Bells, the Golden Girls. So I seem to remember that was remade. Uh, oh, hi, hi, by the way. If you're watching this on YouTube, yes, I've got another camera. Look, two cameras set up now. Not bragging, but it is, it is there. Um... What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So, you know, whatever they do in America, politically, um, psychologically, entertainment wise, we seem to do it about, you know, six months to two years later down the line. It was true with the Brexit insanity and the Trump Clinton stuff. And it's, it was true with the anti-vax movement. And now it's going to be true with their god-awful election that's coming up. And ours, ours is going to be terrible, too. Should I spend the whole episode talking about how insane and terrible things are about to become? You know, I saw somebody talking the other day about deep fakes. They were like, they're like, uh, you know, these two coming elections in the US and here in the UK are going to be the worst democratic incidents or events that you have witnessed yet today and i was like i've been saying this for like two years <laughs> i'm you know when i say like oh america is like six months to two years ahead of like where we are i'm six months to two years ahead of where we are like i'm i'm ahead of all of them 
three or four years now i've been saying that the u.s is on a very slowed slow glacial slide into civil war so it starts with me then the u.s do it and then the uk eventually catches up anyway let's not spend the entire episode you know patting myself on the back uh, for being the uh, veritable political nostradamus that i've recently been cheers by the way um i could talk about lee anderson again i could honestly i could rant about lee anderson for hours <laughs> i could there's so many angles there's so many layers to that story isn't there there's this background of you know blocking the the travelers from getting to their site was the reason that he got ejected from labor i've talked about that before i don't want to rehash all that stuff again we could talk about uh the fact he faked a doorstep interview you know he's being followed around by the daily mail you'd think the daily mail would be a little bit kinder to him wouldn't you but they weren't <laughs> they they dobbed him right in they 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 created this like actually quite well put together video to uh to expose him they said like the guy the journalist was like i've been doing these sorts of features and interviews for years like decades and i have never seen a politician fake a doorstep interview as brazenly <laughs> as this bleached frankenstein looking motherfucker like that was i mean he didn't say it quite like that you know i'm, I'm paraphrasing somewhat but you know that was the gist of it and he he caught him red-handed he like he, the guy was wearing a mic uh, like he, he disappears off like 20 feet away makes a little call and then it sounds like he's talking to his mate like the audio they hear it from inside their van or whatever and they're like uh, and it's it's audio of the guy going um of lee anderson going yeah yeah just uh just like pretend that you don't know me and uh and and uh say that you 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 wouldn't vote tory before but but now because i'm i'm vo like it was that sort of thing he was like all right see you in a minute and then they go to the doorstep they knock on the door and the guy says exactly that <laughs> obviously fake should have been the end of his career people should have just laughed him out of westminster like aren't you the guy that faked the doorstep interview oh well uh uh but yeah get, get the fuck out of it what are you playing at so um so you know we could do we could talk about that stuff again we could uh we could talk we could, we could spool forward you know a couple of years and then talk about this most recent shame of his in his swelling portfolio uh you know the f off back to france all of that stuff um how else has he shamed himself when he did the video on gb news he, he sat there like all very earnestly talking to the camera he was like one of my boy came back from university and he told me something very shocking he told me something uh, and he builds it up and builds it up like he should have been a comedian lee anderson I mean, say what you like, like he's got a delivery to him, hasn't he? He's got a tone to him. Anyway, he he was regaling us with this story in his video. Where he like builds it up, built it up, built it up, and then he like crashes it down like a comedian would. He was like, and then and then finally, my 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 son says, "Dad, I'm a vegetarian," and it was like it was it was like the timing was just there. Should have been a comedian, or at least a game show host. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, look, we could we could talk about all of that stuff again. We could rehash it all, drag it all out. But no, no, you know, people far more articulate and eloquent than I have already, I think, pulled this story to pieces. Like we we all know, like he said something Islamophobic, he said something racist. Um, then he lost the whip. They've basically thrown him out of the parliamentary Conservative Party. Um. And now there's a lot of people saying, no, no, you should be, you should get him back. What are you doing, Rish? What are you doing? You've got to get Lee back. We can't survive a day without that genius. So, um, which reminds me, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Clarkson. Do you remember that point? I mean, there's actually, there's been two periods of Clarkson being ejected or like kicked out of places in the... But the most famous one that leaps to mind is the uh, uh, the story where he slaps or punches his is it line producer or actual producer or someone like he got got in an argument with somebody on set, didn't he? Of Top Gear. This is the whole reason why Top Gear moved to Amazon and became the Grand Tour was because Clarkson allegedly punched this producer in the face. Over something ridiculous like a steak. Like, it sounded like a scene out of a Will Ferrell movie, didn't it? You know, I'm not going to, I'm not doing anything until somebody gets me my bagel. It's like that's Kent Brockman, you know, that kind of vibe. Um, but the reason it reminds me of that is because literally 12 hours after it happened, 12 hours, not even enough time for any internal investigation to take place. Not even enough time for the guy's bruise to go down. <laughs> there were people all over Twitter and across the media going like, oh, get him back. You know, we've all had a fracas or whatever it was that they were terming it. I was reading all these think pieces at the time going like, isn't it funny how when middle class people smack each other around the face, it's a fracas. When working class people do it, it's assault. <laughs> it's... It's a criminal charge. They're thugs. They're yobbos. When Clarkson does it, oh, it, but they had a minor disagreement. And yes, it was, there may have been fisticuffs <laughs> thrown, albeit briefly. But, you know, we're all grown ups and they shook hands and then we, we all get on. I don't, I don't think there's any reason he needs to lose his job over it. Get him back. Petitions with like 100,000 signatures out there. Reinstall Clarkson, boycott the BBC, all of that stuff. And I remember at the time I was like, uh, I was like, listen, if you are really upset that your hero, Jeremy Clarkson, if you're upset that he's lost his job and you think it's not right you know, people shouldn't lose their jobs for physically assaulting <laughs> a colleague. If you think anyone stands a chance at being rehired after gross misconduct and criminal activity on site under the BBC's duty of care, if you think he should be reinstalled, here's what you do. I was like, I want you to go into your HR director's office tomorrow and lamp that motherfucker around the chops. <laughs> just really, just go to town on him. And then here's what you do. 
wait a couple of hours, see see what happens, see what the repercussions are, come back on Twitter, and tell us all about it. <laughs> tell us how it worked out. Um, and it very much seems to be the same kind of mentality now with uh, with Leanderthal, doesn't it? Is he's obviously said something completely unacceptable. Um. You know, lots of people are calling it racist. Lots of people are calling it Islamophobic. Um, he's refusing to apologize. <laughs> so it's not even it's not even that. Like you can't even go, look, he's he apologized. He hasn't even close to apologized. He's actually done the opposite. I mean he's like, I've got nothing to apologize. He he even put out a statement saying, I was raised to like, if you say sorry, it's a sign of weakness. Like, how ignorant and ridiculous is that? Like, do you hear yourself? You can never apologize. Wow. So, um, so yeah, so they, they can't even dig him out like that and say like, oh, well, look, he said sorry. I think we all just want to move on now. He hasn't apologized. He's doubled down. Lots of people are calling it racist and Islamophobic. And, uh, and yeah, so we are where we are. Um, God, I said I wasn't going to talk about it, didn't I? And here I am, rabbiting away, blethering. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen to him? A lot of people are saying he's going to join Reform. Which I thought was really interesting, up until a point. Like, people who I am close to, who know more about politics than I do, they were like, countdown to when Lee Anderson joins Reform, and three, two, one, you know? This is like in the immediate aftermath, like minutes after he got sacked. And I was like, I could see him fitting in well there. I could. He's exactly their sort of MP, isn't he? You know, he's a bit ignorant, working class, salt of the earth, um, you know, a troublemaker, not scared to get into contentious or salacious situations with news reports. I could see him kind of fitting in there. However... What I thought was interesting about the idea that Lee Anderthal might join Reform was that Nigel Farage is not the leader of Reform, right, at the moment. Uh, he could rejoin. A lot of people are saying he will rejoin before the general election because then it will like, be this big sort of thing. It's like, Nigel, like the return of Farage. Like it will be a big tabloid event. Um. Uh, but at the moment, my understanding of it, and forgive me if I've got this slightly wrong, because I'm not sure of his exact job title, but Ben Habib, ladies and gents, Ben Habib, I think, is the de facto leader or the CEO, is it, of Reform? I suppose I could just fucking Google it, couldn't I? What is Ben Habib? Um... Ben Habib is a British-Pakistani businessman and politician serving as co-deputy leader of Reform UK. Okay, co-deputy leader. So, um, I did think it was interesting that of all the people, like Nigel Farage is saying he's going to join Reform. Loads of people sort of in opposition and activist groups are like, he's obviously going to join Reform. Uh, and then this guy, Ben Habib, says it's difficult to imagine him joining Reform. He's a co-deputy leader. He's like, I would first, before I accepted him in, 
I would first have to get an understanding of what he meant by Islamists have taken control of London. So even he, <laughs> Ben Habib is like, yeah, I mean, listen, hang on a second. In fact, I think it was worse than that. I think he called him like inarticulate and he's not a good communicator. He's a bit, you know, I mean, here I am saying like, he's got the tone, he's got the delivery. And that may be true for a game show host, but as a politician, I guess, you know, they've got to make sure that their sheets are whiter than white. And so the idea that somebody might just clap their gums with loose lips and get the entire party in trouble into disrepute, right? Uh, but anyway, yeah, I did. I think it was interesting that, you know, so many people were saying he might join reform. And then this co-deputy leader, who is himself a member of an ethnic minority, you know, a person of colour, is one of the only ones to go, I need to get an understanding of what he meant by all of that. And I was also struck by the fact that he is one of the only people of colour. There's him and there's Baroness... Ah, what's her fucking name? Can't remember her name now. She's a Tory Baroness in the House of Lords. And, um... Uh... And she's made a... a big point of pointing out Tory Islamophobia before and she has like pushed back but it's just those two just those two people of colour who are actually pushing back on this you know from within the ranks of the Conservative Party I think it's really really interesting that Rishi Sunak obviously a person of colour is going on record and saying precisely the opposite he's like well I'm living proof that there isn't such a thing as racism in Britain that's him on the front page of the Times today. Look at me. I if I if I can make it, I'm a Hindu guy. If I can make it, then I guess it, the whole racism thing is just a yeah, you've imagined it all. All you you lot like what are you playing at? There's no barriers in your way. Who told you there was barriers in your way? Work harder. Um And then, yeah, so then the rest of the uh, political discourse is is dominated by people like Isabel Oakeshott and Nigel Farage, um, Dan Hodges, you know. Um, anyway, look, let's move on. I, I didn't really want to talk about Lee Anderson um, on tonight's show. I wanted to talk about this news story. This is a little bit more, you know, this podcast, if that makes sense. Because um, I don't want to... Like, the party politics is fun, ish kind of like when there's something really fun to like rant and like dig into but sometimes i just want to like i want a bit of tabloid nonsense to just tap into you know something that makes me ashamed to be british <laughs> something that makes me go yeah no that makes perfect i can't believe this hasn't happened 20 times um so i don't know if you guys are familiar with this story uh it's been bubbling up the last few days uh it's the willy wonka scam of up in uh in scotland um i've got a new story here uh police called to willy wonka chocolate experience as families furious <laughs> a willy wonka chocolate experience right that's the attraction and the police get called because the families aren't, they're not, they're not happy with this experience, guys. <laughs> like, like, I read this story 
And I was like, oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, we, we talk a lot in our generation and throughout the geopolitical landscape about this culture of snowflakeism, you know, or the snowflake generation, or these kids can't take anything these days. Well, nothing is more snowflakey than a group of parents calling the police because their child attraction thing didn't live up to their expectations. You know, I mean, I've had bad experiences in various, you know, food retail outlets that have left me seething with rage, but I have never felt the compulsion to pick up my phone and call emergency services about it. You know, o officer, arrest that man. No, doesn't even inhabit my head for even a second to call the police for a customer service matter. I mean, like, here's, here's the thing. Here's how you know you are still, like, traumatized by your upbringing. Or, you know, you were raised to self-loathe or, or whatever. It's like, when I go to a place and I pay, you know, however much this, like, 20 quid, 30 quid, right, for a ticket for something. Like, we went to Legoland a year and a half ago, something like that. Went to Legoland. That was about £32 a ticket. And I went in there and it was shit. It was... <laughs> I'm sorry if anyone's watching this who works at Legoland or who really loved Legoland, but it was fucking shit. It was so bad. Everything was like sun bleached and peeling. It was dirty. The queues were horrendous. Everything was a ripoff. I came... Like it's supposed to be a happy place. You're supposed to walk in there and like come out laughing with your kids and stuff. I walked out of there seething. I was like 32 quid a ticket. That is like premium money. Do you know what else we could have got for £32 each? Like, I would have happily paid... I would have paid £32 each for us to not be here. And I would have been really happy about that. It'd be a great experience. Fuck Legoland. But no, like, here's, here's how you know you were raised to self-loathe. Like, you're still traumatised. It's like, I would, I would pay, in all seriousness, I would pay, like, 30 quid a ticket for me, my son, my girlfriend, my daughter, all of us to go to something comparable to this which i guess would be like you know pay a ticket to go and pick a pumpkin or <laughs> go and choose your own christmas tree you know it's a day out and it's you know this fake reindeer there i would pay 30 pounds a ticket for that and i'd walk in and it would be a ripoff and then i'd leave and then his like this how you know you'd raise yourself like i would leave and i'd be like i deserve this i you know <laughs> i should i should have researched it you know i should have looked into it, and this is what I get. I deserve this bad experience and being barked at by my girlfriend about how shit it was. I deserve this. But obviously, that's not everyone. You know, cl clearly for other people, <laughs> they pay £30 a ticket, go into something, and they're like, this is an outrage, and I want these people jailed. I mean, just just imagine having that level of self-confidence to you. Oh, my God. Imagine, imagine having that amount of the customer is always right in your psyche, in your psychology, that you actually think it's basically criminal. <laughs> to disappoint your customers. Oh, yeah, I, I should call the cops about this. This makes perfect sense. This feels rational and reasonable to me. Um, 
Anyway, look, so uh, let's go through the uh, the news story, shall we? It says uh, it says frustrated parents who had paid thirty five pounds a ticket branded the event a farce. And they said their children were left upset. Thirty five pounds a ticket for the Willy Wonka chocolate experience. Guys. Thirty five quid. What, what does that get you to think? Should we should we take a look? Here we go. All right, here we go. I mean, it doesn't look that bad, does it? It's got like, you know, colorful thing. It's in the middle of a warehouse, but you know, it's okay. got blue pipes big rainbow archway that you walk through Is that a bouncy castle i think that's a bouncy castle and uh Looks like a sort of uh, Willy Wonka-themed picnic blanket uh, pinned up against a wall. So yeah, I mean it's look, like, it's not as bad as I was imagining. You know, it's candy canes, there's teddy bears, there's the the rainbow archway thing, there's backdrops and set pieces. Anyway, it says uh, police were called to an immersive event inspired by Willy Wonka in Glasgow after furious parents complained about the quality of the event. All right, angry parents, awesome. Uh, Willie's Chocolate Experience, organised by immersive events company House of Illuminati, <laughs> uh, promised ticket goers an enchanting day out where dreams come to life. And what, what I love about this news story is they put enchanting in inverted commas. Uh, it says where dreams come to life, also inverted. I mean, clearly they're quoting what was promised to the uh, to the parents and to the children but i don't know there's some there's a sort of sarcastic flavor to it isn't there they promise ticket goers an enchanting day out where dreams come to life right anyway um held at the box hub warehouse in the white inch area of glasgow parents were promised a day of pure imagination and wonder However, when families arrived at the venue on Saturday, they were met with a room sparsely decorated with plastic props, a small bouncy castle. Oh, it was a bouncy castle. And, um, and backdrops pinned to walls. I mean, I keep thinking back to this pure imagination and wonder. Like, because it's like, I mean, it's not 100% inaccurate, is it? I mean, if you're going to sue them for trade descriptions or selling an experience that is different to that which was marketed to them on the posters and the flyers and whatever. A day of pure imagination. 
and wonder is you know bouncy castle and a selfie by a candy cane for 35 pounds <laughs> all of the kids are like yeah where, where's the unstoppable gobstoppers like where's all of the oompa loompas dancing and stuff oh yeah you've just got to imagine them guys just really really get imagining there <laughs> it's a day of pure imagination i i tried to tell you and wonder wondering why you've spent 35 pounds for each one of these kids to take them here instead of the pirates landing soft play like your sister begged you to begged you to book tickets to the soft play but you insisted because you thought this would be fun and now look at them it's supposed to be his birthday pie and he sat there in tears because this is shit that's when the self-loathing would kick in for me i'd be like oh i should have should have researched it Am I always so stupid? Um. Anyway, uh, it says uh, one parent said their child was handed a packet of sweets and a wee lolly. Uh, wait, hang on, what? A wee lolly? Oh, oh, because it's uh, Glasgow, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's like a wee lolly, right? It's a it's a little lollipop. Right, but I mean, it, like, it literally says wee lolly. <laughs> and the whole day out sounds upsetting. So, like, what do I know? I mean, it could literally be a frozen lolly of urine. So, you know, you, you can't rule anything out with this day. It sounds sounds very bad. Very substandard. Uh, it says uh, organisers called a halt to the event only hours after it opened, after they were met with a furious reaction by customers who had paid £35 for the experience. Police confirmed officers had been called to the venue following complaints. Police confirmed that. That officers had attended the event to see what was going on down there. <laughs> like, I know that police forces across the land have all been slashed to the bare minimum. I, I know that. We all know that. Austerity, etc. But, you know, how far has Scottish policing sunk? Dear listeners, that the calibre of police officer up there has answered the phone to a customer service query. Somebody's like, yeah, yeah, there's a child attraction, you know, day out thing that's uh, not quite what people signed up for and paid £35 for. And he's like, all right, OK, that sounds serious. I better go check this out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Is there not something more higher priority than rolling the old blue sirens down this warehouse street? I don't know. Um, what what does that say about Scottish policing, guys? I mean, look, I'm I'm pro Scottish independence. Uh, you know, perhaps perhaps a little bit more since I read this story. Um, uh, or, or maybe it's a sign of you know police efficiency. Let's look at it. Glasses half full. Is that the Scottish police forces are so good at what they do? They've solved so many crimes and caught so many bad guys that honestly, all there is left to do north of that border is investigate, you know, fairly rudimentary, boring, beige customer service queries. I mean, they are, they're, they're, they're just helping out where, where they're needed. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I mean, I think that's why this story is so compelling to me. It's like, was it Vice News used to do that article? Um, <clears throat> 
like once a week. It was like Crybaby of the Week, I think. I think it was Vice News. Or maybe it was like Shortlist or something. They did Crybaby of the Week where they would like name and shame people like this who would phone up the police for like, I suppose the famous example would be the people who, didn't they phone KFC? It was like, no, they phoned 999 to report that KFC wasn't open or something. It's like, can you just try to get a grip? This is not an emergency. Get your ass to Sainsbury's, buy some food in and cook it for you and your family. Closing KFC for a few hours is not an emergency. Um, I mean, unless unless you're really hungover. Are you hungover, ma'am? Are you? Uh, y yes. Yeah, I am a bit. Well, okay then. All right. I, uh, I get it. You're sort of in that uh, that weird pinch point, that weird window of like where your hangover is so severe, you're dehydrated, you're craving trash, junk food like KFC, but you haven't quite spilled over into actually needing a paramedic to fit an IV and rehydrate your body by force. You're in the window. So in a way, like if I answered the emergency services call, maybe I would look at KFC like our fourth emergency service or something. Anyway, I'm going, going off piste here. Um, yes, yeah, so Crybaby of the Week used to cover stories like this. And I don't really, you know, I'm not fully across why the police need to be called out about this like yeah shut it down you know it looks a bit naff yes pursue the organizers of it for uh, trade descriptions perhaps take them to a small claims court or something of that nature but do the police really need to be involved at this stage do they is somebody's life in danger you know, is this, was there a threat to human safety as a result of that? Oh, no, you know what? I don't know. It, it is Glasgow, isn't it? This did take place in Glasgow. So, I mean, you know, may, maybe it all got a bit fighty. <laughs> you know, like in London, if you put this event on in London, you put the fake Willy Wonka event on and it's, you know, £35 a ticket, to walk around a couple of candy canes with a horrible Amazon picnic thing pinned up against the wall. Yeah, take, take your selfies over there. And uh, you can walk around the candy cane here. And uh, just, just over the back there, you've got, um, yeah, you've got some Tesco trolley tokens. You know, the little, like, charity blue token. Yeah, you can play tiddlywinks with those in the corner. That's another activity. I think you've paid £35 for the chance to... Uh, <laughs> to use your imagination to make it better. Just just imagine they're not Tesco tokens. Imagine they are, you know, golden chocolate coins or something. Something amazing. Just, dude, there's no rules. You imagine what you need them to be for this to be worth £35. You know, you could put that event on in London and charge people 35 probably 40 quid a ticket. And people would come out and go like, yeah, that's, that's probably about right. <laughs> That feels broadly accurate for London. Um, you could do that in London. You could do it in Manchester and charge people £35 a ticket. And people would be a bit annoyed at you, I think. They'd call you a prick for it. They'd be like, I can't believe I paid 35 quid for this. Whatever, not coming here again. But in Glasgow, <laughs> in Glasgow, I reckon you could have the proper Willy Wonka event and actually have Gene Wilder show up. And it could be it could be a great day for everyone. 
and still the police would show up. You know, or, or, or everyone would agree that it's a terrible day out, but they wouldn't like be people would be queuing up. They'd be like, Oi, pal, I know it's shit, but me and the boy were queued to take a selfie in front of the Johnny Depp cutout before you. <laughs> the other guy would be like, Jog on. The whole thing kicks off. You know, like everyone knows it's shit, but somehow it still becomes something worth fighting over. <laughs> you know? Anyway, um, probably going to get a load of comments now. People going, can you just don't don't even try a Scottish accent aid. All right. We're trying to build bridges. We're trying to ease tensions between Scotland and England. After the whole SNP and speaker vote, th this is not helping aid. And to you guys, I say, all right, I'll try and calm it down a bit don't want any angry scottish people on my case um right so the last thing i wanted to talk about with regards uh to this and, and then we're going to wrap up because um i better go in help the missus with the kids and all that um the last thing i wanted to raise about this was that this is this is sort of re-emerged online so that story came out i think yesterday or the day before and now the mail online have said uh, exclusive the face behind the willy wonka scam how billy cool i mean hell of a name right billy cool i don't know if this is his real name i mean maybe the breaching the trade descriptions thing maybe it started early for him his parents called him billy cool and he was like i can't believe i'm getting away with this let's see how far i can take it um how billy cool conned kids by using AI-generated images to sell his immersive experience. He's also sold ChatGPT-authored novels on Amazon and faced backlash for cancelling a Santa's Grotto. So the guy's an entrepreneur, is what we're saying. He's sold ChatGPT-authored novels on Amazon. I mean, I don't know if you guys have used ChatGPT, um, but it's not that good. I don't know who's buying these novels, you know? I mean, in all honesty, like, it takes a lot for me to pick up fiction. Now, for me to pick up a novel and really, like, detach myself from reality and my existence and news and and immerse myself in another world with other characters, that take I would... It's quite rare that I would ever pick up of like fiction or novel but if you if the novel that you were then trying to get me to read you said this was written by chat gpt you wouldn't even get the end of the sentence i would fucking feed you the book i'd be like you've wasted my fucking time it's gonna be awful like have you read stuff that's produced by chat gpt like it, it's it's it reads like a a 14 year old trying to write like a 40 year old you know it's like, oh, this is how writers write. And because it's been trained on various authors and novels and stories, when you give it a fairly generic prompt, like, you know, write me a story about a lawyer who um, thinks that he's onto a big promotion, but then it blah, blah, blah. Like, it doesn't construct a story that would actually be interesting or stimulating for you because it's just, it's trying to hit the pinch points that you've given it. And it's based on so many, like 50, 100, 10,000 different stories that loosely, it's got to beige and stretch it all out. So the quality of what it produces is fucking dog shit. <laughs> so who, 
Who is buying his GPT novels? And do they know their GPT? Like, because wouldn't you just, if you're the sort of person that would actually read a chat GPT novel, I mean, how dumb do you have to be to go onto Amazon and order a chat GPT written novel, right? <laughs> and then you go, oh, that's, it's the, the castle of Sir Guana shit, or like whatever it's called. And you're like, oh, that's that's cool. Right, oh, I can't wait to read. Why wouldn't you just go on ChatGPT yourself and say, write me a story about a guy who lives in a castle and he overcomes betrayal and like, you just do it yourself. The browser is right there. You can tell it what you want it to write you, the story. It's quicker than waiting three days for it to turn up from Amazon. What kind of morons are these? That are, oh, God, anyway, so... I mean, honestly, if that was his last scam and people fell for it, I kind of I want to let him off with the, with the Willy Wonka thing. Because if you become rich, if you sold like 5,000 of these chat GP novels and you become convinced that there are there's a population, there's a constituency, a market of utter morons out there. I don't know, maybe that empowers you into thinking, well, somebody's going to pay £35 to stand next to a candy cane and take a selfie next to this mat somebody will do it it'd be all right um i say let him off the guy's an entrepreneur give him a break for god's sake anyway so the the mail have now sort of it's this is the uh you know i was talking on the alternative paper review earlier uh or maybe it was something else i was saying about how like the language that's used by newspapers when they say like oh the scandal has deepened this scandal deepens now today it means it's on like day three or day four well now that this story has deepened now that billy cool has had the daily mail coming knocking um i mean frankly like if he had just like in that warehouse like if you just picked up the candy cane thrown it in the bin if he had just like wheeled out this thing and then the selfie the johnny depp and then like, if he just cleared it all out and filled that warehouse with useless ppe the daily mail would probably celebrate him <laughs> they'd be like look at this look at this guy look at this young go-getter ingenuity made the right connections i'd say lay off him a bit but yeah, now the Daily Mail have come knocking. Uh, now he's seeking to, you know, sort of clear his name a little bit. You know, clarify his intentions, it says. Um, it says, fighting off allegations of dishonest marketing. Uh, he says, we guarantee a full refund from Monday. Oh, that's nice. That's cool. He says, yes, we did use artificial intelligence to create some images for the event. So he's used AI... You know, he's generated these images mid-journey. It's probably like pictures of happy kids gallivanting, running through this warehouse, you know, maybe, or something similar. Maybe he's literally concocted like mid-journey images of the old school like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. People genuinely having an incredible time. And then he sold kids £35 a ticket, you know, to go and experience that. And it turns out that is not quite what they've... Um, what they've got um but yeah I, th I think you're actually going to see a lot more of this you know i feel like we're sort of comfortably into that time now where all of this technology ai image generation video generation all of this stuff is becoming so just out there and if not free to use then really actually quite cheap to use 
And so obviously scamsters are going to use it as much as legitimate or as often as le uh, legitimate businesses will, right? So it stands to reason that people are going to missell or oversell the experiences that they wish they were in a position <laughs> to provide to their customers. It's going to happen. It is. And I think it will continue to happen and continue to disappoint parents until the VR technology catches up or like the matrix cocoon egg technology catches up. And then actually it really will be an immersive experience because he's only, he's only held back by the confines and constraints of reality. Like think of it like that. Here he, like he sold this experience. He's shown them the images of what it is that he wishes he could provide. The only thing that's standing in his way from actually providing that is the fact that this grotty warehouse and these shitty props and these backdrops that are pinned up are substandard. If he could lock these customers into cocoons like the Matrix and just broadcast the images directly into their eyeballs, then they would actually be experiencing the exact images and stuff and things that he's sold to them. Uh, anyway, look, guys, I'm, I'm going to have to go. Um, thank you so much for uh, for continuing to tune in. Um, I'll be back uh, Friday night, hopefully with a guest, um, and I'll be back next week uh, with a solo show once more. Um, thank you so much to the uh, to the Patreons for your continuing support. I'll go through your names now. So thanks once again to Kerry, Rachel, Bowman, Kai, Chris, David, Martin Maracas, Mojo Sabian, Peter Del Monte, Pingu, Stuart and T-Rex. And then we've got Aaron, Alex, Jeff McGow, uh, MJ Nichols, Ned Berg, Sarah Setters, Simon Flack, Aid, Margaret Abagai, uh, court and Foire, Cycletricity, Christine Cash and Gareth Jennings. Anyway, that's it from me. Uh, keep yourselves booge. Keep it strictly hashtag Bimfluencer and I am out this motherfucker. Thank you.